Hey, are you ready to listen to a great episode? Then get in line. It's Schmanners. Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you and this is Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. I can't remember if I say you're listening to Schmanners or what uh. <laughs> Hi everybody. Hi, welcome to another episode. This is, we were just talking about there was a time, a brief two week period where Teresa and I we were like ahead and we had episodes done days before they were due. And then, you know, And I travel. said, Remember that time? Yeah. Those good, good times. But then I, you know, I was out there uh hustling on my grind. Yep. Trying to promote my graphic novel, which is uh number one New York Times bestseller. Mm. Um, uh, not important. Mr. Fancy Pants. Uh, but uh, Mr. Fancy Pants. But, it, uh, you know, time got away from us. But here we are. Yes. And we're going to talk about lining up or queuing. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. will say uh, there were some wonderful comments in, in the, uh, you know, call for questions where we had some, you know, of uh, British folks talking about how queuing is just so ingrained into them. It's just in their blood. Like they talk about the idea of like cutting in line or like moving to a different line, like hurts them. It's just <laughs> so interesting to me. And I also do want to say, um, before we get into it, we're going to, you know, I want to acknowledge that there is a lot of cultural and like specifics, cultural specifics to like sure. lining up. Sure. It's like, the only experience I've really had lining up is here in the U.S. So, like, it might be a completely different experience in the U.K. or in Japan or in Germany or something along those. You know, it's like, oh, that doesn't bother us at all. So I just wanted to point out and acknowledge the fact that our perspective is probably going to be uh, predominantly from, like, a U.S. point of view. Yeah. Um, But some your experience may vary. There it is. Well, as is the case, um, I... I'm the one explaining historical precedents. But Travis, um, I'm going to ask you. Uh-huh. Do you think that lining up is a human condition? Um. Well, I don't know if this is supposed to be a trick question or not. I would say yes, because I feel like psychologically, if you see someone standing and waiting for... Because I've seen this happen at Comic-Cons. Where, like, people don't know who they're in line waiting for, but a line forms, and so it must be something, so they get in line for it. No, it's <gasps> not. <laughs> oh, really? Really, really. Um, I, I suppose that I guess I always, I didn't really think about how lining up happened, but the truth is there probably just weren't enough people to nece- necessitate needing to line up. Um, until the Industrial Revolution. Really? Yeah. I, yeah, I guess maybe it is just conditioned, because it's like a thing I remember in preschool, working mm-hmm. on lining up and yeah. single-file lines and everything. Well, so, um, you know, people, there were obviously less people uh, in the past than there are now, um, and people 
when when they lived in you know smaller communities rural communities there really wasn't a need for it you were just kind of and i'm not saying that you didn't wait your turn but in most places things like counter service you would just walk up to the counter like you would at a bar and whoever the wait staff was would come over to you when they felt like coming to you. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you were waiting patiently or you were, you know, maybe a very important customer, more important than whatever kind of rabble was there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yes. Um, and it's still this way in a lot of the world. Um, for example, um, I read that in India, and um, and places like rural China, there isn't really a kind of lining up mentality. It's all Chaos. like it's <gasps> all the strongest to the front. Um, and kind of in say, uh, I I read about places in the Ukraine where um, it's kind of like people think about okay, everyone who's elderly or has very small children gets kind of pushed to the front. And then after that, it's every person for themselves. No, thank you. Where's the structure? Where's the structure? How, how do I understand the process? I love process. Mm-hmm. And I like, stru- I like knowing the structure and the process. I Listen, it makes me so mad when I am at the airport and they're calling for groups and zones to line up. Yeah. And everybody's just milling around. And I'm like, hey. Where's the structure? There are lines. There are lines, people. I love lines. I love them. I love orderly. That's the thing. I am a chaotic person who loves order. <laughs> I, want I don't to understand be, that. I okay. want to be the chaotic force in an orderly world. Okay. I don't want to be the orderly one in a chaotic world. I don't care for that. Um. So then, I like to know the process so I know when I can break it. That's it. When, when people started moving to cities to Mm -hmm. find work and things like that the population necessitated some way of of you know getting people the goods they needed Uh um especially in things where uh you would um things that required rationing yeah i was gonna say that like bread lines you know Mm -hmm. it's the kind of thing i think about is when there isn't enough that's when lines because you can't just like it has to be first come, first serve, I guess, because yep. there's not enough for everyone to get some. Sure. I guess, yes. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I mean, but it's it's also just a way of kind of maintaining calmness. If everyone feels like there there's like an equality in the line, mm-hmm. then you're less likely to have a mob. Yeah, I mean that is the thing. Structure, be it uh, be it real or imagined, does provide like some comfort to that. Of like, mm-hmm. I know that the person ahead of me is ahead of me, and I know the person that behind me is behind me, and like that's that's how this is working. I'll get there after them and before them, and anybody else who comes there. Right. I always get this weird comfort from knowing I'm not the last person in line. <laughs> Even though I, I think it's completely imaginary, but the idea of like, well, if I had gotten here five minutes later, I would have been farther back is for some reason very like comforting to me. Mm-hmm. No matter how far back I am in a line, as long as I'm not last, I'm doing okay. <laughs> well, so the first historical description of a line occurs in, or occurred in 1837 in a book uh, written by Thomas Carlyle, The French Revolution. 
And in it, they uh-huh. describe a post-war scarcity of bread. So a bread line, like you mm-hmm. said. Um, and it, it says, if we look now at Paris, one thing is too evident that the baker's shops have got their cues or tails, their long strings of purchasers arranged in tail so that the first to come be the first served. <gasps> first come, first served. That's right. It's right there. Right there. Um, so then what happens by the 20th century is the idea of a queue um, begins to migrate. Um, and the English really, really take it on. So that's Just what you were talking queuing. about. Love queuing. Oh. In 1944, George Orwell wrote a, an essay called The English People wherein he described saying that a visitor to England might well be surprised by its citizenry's willingness to form queues. And, I mean, 1944, again, this was rationing times, war times, um, because, there, you know, you and like you said, you might even not know what the line was for right you saw people lining up so you thought oh there must be some sort of good available at the I need at the front good. of this line uh i'm good as in like like product no i know but like you don't know <laughs> what good it is but you know you need good you don't have any good you don't have any goods um and then later winston churchill uh kind of I don't want to say jokingly, but it, it definitely wasn't super nice to, to the British to call uh, England Qtopia. Oh, but that's very clever, though. I mean, it is, but it's kind it's of slurish, hu- don't okay. you think? It's not hugely insulting, though, because it's like we're really good at cues. So we line, like if you're looking for the utopia of queuing, it's here. I don't think that's what he meant. Oh. I think that he meant that queuing is so plentiful oh that everywhere there are queues okay well you know i guess i'm just a little bit more optimistic (laughs) than you are Teresa. i like to see the best in winston churchill sure all right um have we done an episode of winston churchill before i don't think so okay uh so then here's the thing once once we had the idea of lining up, then came the idea about the etiquette, mm-hmm. right? So we talked about how there's a certain equality that happens right. when you're in a line. And then I one- think completely perceived, but yes. Yes. But once someone breaches that, that, I mean, the whole line can turn on a line jumper or cuts or whatever it is you want to say. And it's, it's again, because this equality is pretty much perceived, the idea that something that we are lining up for, maybe, say, a cashier at a store or a bank teller um, or even, like, a ride at an amusement park, there doesn't seem to be any kind of scarcity to the event, right? It's still, it doesn't matter if I am 
the third person in line or the 10th person in line or the 50th person in line, I'm going to get to do what I need to do eventually. As long as it's not a first come first serve or general admission thing with limited spaces. I know exactly what you're saying. So the only time that I really think that line jumping or cutting is something that deserves confrontation is when there is a limited amount, right? So if you line up for maybe, maybe say a new pair of sneakers, right? And you know that they've owned the store only has so many pairs of sneakers, you might run out. So then people jumping in line or cutting in line, that is affecting the scarcity and the people who got there first should get those things because they thought and planned to line up first. Let me disagree with you. Okay. Respectfully. (laughs) And correct me if I'm wrong, but you never worked retail. No. Okay. I worked many retail jobs in many different forms, be it for pets, for clothes, for electronics. I've done it all. And here's the thing. This is why line jumping is so very, very frustrating and I believe deserves uh, to be pointed out, uh, be it by the person working there or by the other people. Because when someone cuts in line, what they are saying to everyone else is my time is inherently more important than yours. And that is hugely insulting and rarely true. And unless you are a doctor who has just been paged to an emergency, and if you just don't return that jacket right then, there's going to be a second emergency for some reason, your time is not more important than anyone else's. Because this happened when I was a cashier many times. I would watch somebody get out of line and just walk straight up to me while I was helping a customer and say, I just needed to blank. And I would look at them and say, everyone in this line just needed to do something please go back to your place. Like, the fact of the matter is, is like, your time is not more valuable, and if you only needed to do two seconds and this person needed to do 10 minutes, they were still there before you, and their time is just as valuable as yours. Okay, so let me rephrase. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say that it doesn't, it doesn't bother me, maybe, specifically, if there is no scarcity behind the line. So if someone, if, say we're at an amusement park, if um, one member of a family is waiting in a line and once and the rest of the family joins them after the line has been formed, it doesn't bother me so okay. much. I'm not like I'm going to also get to go on this ride. Maybe I'll have to wait for the next car, but it's not it is not so important to me. We actually agree. Okay. okay. I actually think we're talking about three different scenarios. Oh, boy. Right? So scenario one is scarcity, right? At which point, if it's first come, first serve, limited amount, yes. Cutting, like, you weren't there, you don't get to cut in. If it is a scenario of, like, people going into a movie together, right? At which point, tickets have already been bought. Or if it's, like, uh, you know, going into a restaurant or going onto an amusement park ride, yes, I have no problem with family family members, you know, joining up and be like, I had to go to the restaurant while they got in line. Yeah, okay, cool. Doesn't matter. Doesn't bother me. But the other thing where it's like a matter of time and like, I don't have time to wait, and so I should get to cut in line. Like maybe at the bank teller. Like a bank or retail or, or anything like that where it's like, I, but I'm in a hurry 
like, okay, well, then you didn't schedule well enough. Everyone else here shouldn't suffer because of that. The one exception to that, I think, is at the airport. Because God knows there are so many different factors and things that can happen to make someone late to the airport that I think, like, the nice thing but completely not required thing to do is to let somebody go ahead of you for security if you're not in any kind of rush. That said, the thing I always... I've, I fly a lot. I fly... Yes, indeed. Like, at least Once one a month. trip a month. Yeah. yeah. I, I've been on planes that have been delayed um, and are getting to the gate late or to their, uh, their arrival city late. And I've heard the announcement of, like, there are people with tight connections. Please let them off first. I have never once in my life seen that happen. Everybody still stands up all at the same time and still files out. And I have never once seen people who don't need to rush just stay seated until the people who need to rush get off. I've never seen it happen. And I can't recall an instance I've seen that. Right. Either. So that's the thing is, like, we're, we're going to talk more because we have a lot of questions. But I think that when it comes to queuing, that there are so many different scenarios that I don't think there is a blanket like it's okay to blank. So much as it's like, okay, but like, do you like? Are, do you need to get up to the front? Are you cool? Like, <laughs> let me tell you before we go on to questions. My favorite type of line. Okay. So I really enjoy the. Um, I'm going to call it the bank teller line, where maybe uh, like at an amusement park or whatever, they have everyone lined up in kind of the zigzaggy rows, Uh right? But there are multiple windows to go to. I think that that is the best kind of line where everybody stays in one line. Uh And as the window opens, you go, the next person in line goes to the open window. You know what I mean? I do. I do because it moves so fast. It does. I wish that more maybe grocery stores and other types of places would adapt this. They had this at the commissary, which is a um, a uh, grocery store on base. Military. Military base, base yeah. that I that I went to growing up. Um, and it was just so fast. And there was never that whole thing where another register opens up. And so people dash to get to that one and who's supposed to be there. Oh, and we're going to talk. All you're getting into our questions. But... My, but my precious questions. <laughs> this line, the single line with multiple available ends, I, I, or I should say, is the best kind because it goes so fast, it's so efficient, and everybody feels like they have that equal opportunity, that equality we talked about. Okay. We're going to talk about questions, but first, here's a word from some other Max Fun shows. Everybody, I'm your oldest brother, Justin McElroy. I'm your middlest brother, Travis McElroy. And I'm your sweet baby brother, Griffin McElroy. Me and 3,000 of your closest friends just found your next podcast obsession. Cereal! Okay, but like, the second best podcast. Oh, f- just listen to my brother, my brother, and me on MaximumFun.org. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. You probably know that Max Fun podcasters are funny in the talking way, but did you know they also are funny in the writing way? We are very excited to announce that John Hodgman and Paula Poundstone wrote books that have been named as semi-finalists for the 2018 Thurber Prize for American Humor. 
John Hodgman, celebrated fake internet court presider, is the host of Judge John Hodgman and was recognized for his book, Vacation Land. Paula Poundstone's book is called The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness, and you can hear her expound on happiness and many other topics on her new podcast, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. The Thurber Prize is one of the highest awards for humor writing in the United States, and we are proud to have both these authors on Maximum Fun every week. Paula Poundstone and John Hodgman, congratulations. Okay, so we've got some questions. Let's do some questions. This is from Yackley. Probably the uh, elbows on the table question. What do you do when someone cuts in front of you? Okay. So I'm going to give two answers. Okay. The first one, roll your eyes, turn around to the person behind you, and make sure that they know that you are also. Like harumph a bunch. Harumph. 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 Disturbed. That will make it so that you all kind of have this this feeling of, all right, oh, well, what a jerk that that person is. And then the second thing is if you if you decide to say something, you can say, excuse me, there's a line and we're in it. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, the back of the line is over there. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but then I just I don't think that if if that doesn't uh, deter them, the line jumper, I don't know if there's anything else that one should do, because I certainly don't believe that any, a physical altercation is is the right thing to do. Um, and at that point, everybody in line and the person jumping the line knows what they've done is the bro- is a breach of etiquette. They know. I also think that if this is a scenario, like another thing when I worked at Best Buy and we did like the Black Friday stuff, there was a lot of like, we only have 20 of these, right? And people would wait. And if you're in a scenario like that, I, I think it's fine to take it one step further. And if you're behind the person, say like, I want you to know that when we get up there, I am going to inform the person that is handing out tickets that you were not here waiting and that they should not give you a ticket. And you might have to explain yourself, and I'll probably see if the people behind me will back me up, too. Because here's the thing. If I waited, like, five days and somebody cut in front of me 20 minutes before the line started moving, there I would I would call that person out to whoever was the attention I could get. You know what I mean? Like, And I think that, that that is also something that's available if you want to get... Um, uh, uh, someone from the store say that you're you're waiting at or like a manager or something. I think that that's okay, but you do risk if you leave the line. You do risk losing your space. Yes. Um, unless unless with this uh, kind of, uh, you know, the harumphing that you did earlier, if someone s- says that they will save your place, I think that that's different. Um. So that yeah, that's another question I think. So we'll kind of partner this question with the other side of it, which this is from Legion. Um, they are many. Is there a polite way to join someone you know that is already in line without seeming rude to all the people you are technically in front of? Again, I think it depends on what the line is for. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it also depends on how many of you there are. Yes. Because I, if it's like at a restaurant where there was going to be a table for one and now it's a table for two, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Um, because it's still the table that you are occupying no matter how many people are there. I also think that it matters how long the line is. Sure. Because if it's like five people and your friend is second, your friend should just move to the back of the line with you. You know what I mean? But I get if there's like 60 people in line like, and your friend is fifth. But here's the thing. What you need to do is not assume anything because what I, I think the wrong way to do it is to cut in line and then apologize hmm. as opposed to going to the people who are directly behind your friend and saying, would it be all right? This is my friend. And I would like to see this movie with them. Would it be all right if I stood with them? Or to say, like, you know, rather than just, like, step in and then apologize, like, ask. Say, like, hey, would this be okay? And be ready for them to say no, at which point your friend can join you at the back of the line. Because that's the other thing is, like, that's always an option. And, like, I I think that I'm of the point of view that if it is a first-come, first-serve general admission – and you get there late and you want to be with them, then they need to come meet you in the back. Because otherwise, you should have gotten there when everyone else did. You know, this is why when I plan events and people got to meet, I set a time for them to meet. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> And I don't get in line until they're there. You know what I mean? Like, I wait until everyone's there and then we all get in line together. It's, it's it, Avoid the scenario is way better than having to deal with the scenario. This question is from Allie. What to do when the person behind you is too close, so you move up just a little to put a little more distance, and then they move closer again? So here's the thing. Um, Personal space is is cultural, is learned, I think. Um, And is subjective. And is subjective. So I think that, uh, that short of saying, would you mind giving me some air? To the person who keeps crowding you, the only thing to do is make a physical barrier. Hula hooping. <laughs> if Wear you have a backpack, if you have a backpack, you can either you know put it on your back and scoot them back with the backpack, or put it on the ground in between you and them, so that they can't physically be on top of your do backpack. Do you want to know my trick? What's your trick? Turn sideways. One gives you more room around yourself. And two, looking at someone's back and getting close to someone's back, people are a lot more willing to do that than if they're, like, looking at their face. Hmm. And so if you're turned sideways, like, leaning against a wall or something, they will give you more space because they can see you and they know that you can see them. And so if you're feeling crowded, turn sideways. That is my advice. All right. Um, This question is from Blossom. Or M. I don't know. It's so hard for me to read people's Twitter names. What are we doing? <laughs> Us 2018. Uh, say you notice that a person in line is actively excited about something you like. How do you politely start conversation without sounding stalker-ish? I always begin with the, I couldn't help but overhear. Or I couldn't help but notice. Or it occurs to me that we like the same thing. Or something like that. A little bit of a lead-in goes a long way. I also think it is important expectation, right? All you should be expecting to do is to, like, agree with them and that be it, right? So, like, oh, yeah, I love that band. And then be willing to be done with the interaction. But don't 
don't open that door and then just lean in, like looking at them, like, and now you go, right? <laughs> like, just like compliments, right? Compliments sure. should be given without expectation. Just like, oh, your hair looks great. And then you're back to whatever, right? Like, so I think it's perfectly fine to be like, that's a great t-shirt. I love Fallout Boy, because I love Fallout Boy. And then expect them to say like, oh, thank you. And then turn back around and that be it. Sure thing. Um, This is from number 15. How many people can you hold a place in line for before it becomes an issue? Um, Again, I think that this depends on what it is you're waiting on. Uh, a table at a restaurant, I, I, I don't think that there's a number. I mean, if you're at, if you're all going to be at the same table, it doesn't, it doesn't seem, it doesn't occur to me how there would be a problem with that. Um, I think that the place that this happens a lot is at amusement parks. Yeah. For sure. Or movies. Or movies. Yeah, but in the same, yeah. Yeah. Um, and if, uh, say in a movie... If y'all have already purchased your tickets, we're all going to get to see the movie. So I would I would think that the number of people is is as comfortable. The number of people that, you know, jump in the line is up to their comfort, I think, because I start to feel I start to feel bad if there's more than two or three of us. Here's the thing. I I'm of the opinion that it is not about number of people. Okay. It is about two factors. Number of groups arriving and amount of time between when you start holding and when they get there. Okay. So, like, if you arrive an hour early and you know they're going to get there one minute before the movie starts, I don't think it's cool for you to hold their place in line, right? But if it's, like, they're parking and I got here first, yeah, fine. I also think that if you're holding a spot for eight people and all eight of them are coming together, great. They all show up at the same time. You're done. But if you're holding a spot for eight people and they all show up individually, spread out over five minutes each, like person one comes in five minutes later than five minutes, like that's frustrating. If I were behind you and like one by one, seven people get in front of me. That's a lot. That's a lot to ask the person behind you. So I think, like, the only time you should hold a place in line for people is if you know when they're coming and you know they're right behind you. But if you're like, yeah, I think some of my friends might come, don't hold a spot for them. Like, because then what what really sucks is, especially if it is general admission seating, you hold, like, three seats next to you. And then your then friends don't show no one up. Shows up. And like oh. somebody in the back row is like, I would have sat there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think yeah. that the, you can only hold if you know the ETA. Like, if your friend gets stuck in traffic and they're running five minutes behind, 10 minutes behind, yeah, I would hold a spot for them. But if it's like somebody who's like, I, I might be able to make it. Yeah, uh, they like, don't. No, don't hold a spot for them. They don't get a spot. This question is from Gabe. I have chronic pain and can't stand in lines for long. How can I ask people to make sure I keep my place in the queue when I have to sit? Um, one of the things that the like like we said earlier, the Brits are really good at is being prepared for the line. Bring a camping chair, a folding chair. Um, bring I've seen a stool. Some that are like little folding stools where they have yeah. like three. I also sit on your backpack or or something like that. I mean, if there's a curb. You could sit on the curb as long as you continue to move with the line. But if it's a slow enough line that you need to sit, I would say 
be prepared. Bring your stuff with and you. And I will also say, even if you don't want to bring a chair with you, I we've done a lot of shows and signings and stuff now. Most venues, if you ask and say, like, hi, I have chronic pain. Could I have a chair, please? That they will give you a chair. If you get, especially if it's, like, general admission and you're there waiting for the doors to open. Yeah. And like, yeah, most places will. And you know what? Also, I find that if you call ahead and say, like, I will be there and I would like a chair, please. Like, people are very happy to accommodate you. And I think that as far as, like, like ask people to make sure, like, it would take a real jerk <laughs> to be like, well, you didn't stand up fast enough, so I'm going to go. Like, right. I think it's okay. And I think at that point, as long as, as long as the line is moving forward, as long as, like, you know, even if it takes you a little bit longer to move forward, like, you're still waiting to get in. Yeah. So, like, peop- this is where I think when it comes to, like, lining up and queuing and waiting online, which I don't know the difference between waiting in line and waiting online. Regionalisms. Sure. Is that at a certain point, you are no longer responsible for the people behind you's frustration. Yeah. Right? There's only so much you can do. Because y'all are in the same boat together. Right. That's the thing. Is like, you're all going to get there. I see this in traffic, which is kind of like a big machine line. <laughs> where it's people true. are like whipping between other cars and changing lanes. And then they're stuck in traffic, too. And it's like, okay, we're all going to get there. And like, so what if you get there 30 seconds before I do? We're all going to the same place. We all have the exact same objective. Mm-hmm. I'm like, chill. You know what I mean? So as long as you're, like, doing your best, yeah, people will still get frustrated. And it's not – they might take it out on you, God knows. But it's not because you're frustrating them. It's because they don't like waiting in line. At a certain point, you can only do so much to affect someone else's experience. Indeed. Um, let's see. This one is from um, – You really did get a whole mess of questions, we didn't We really you? did. And they're all so good. When we talked about doing, like, lining up – etiquette we were like we're just gonna know a lot about like people cutting but here's one that's not about that this is from daniel when you're in line at a theme park what's an acceptable amount of pda that wouldn't be off-putting to others in a family setting um we've talked a little bit about pda and i think it's more about duration than it is about the actual thing happening um so like holding hands is like you are your bodies are separate, so I think that that can happen for for a long amount of time. Hugs, your bodies are getting closer, so I think that you need to keep them shorter. Same thing with kissing. I I uh, think, I, I think that. A, a short peck on the cheek or even on the mouth, if it, if it lasts, you know, half a second, is is an okay thing to do but and it's it not okay shorter and shorter so like if you're gonna put your tongue in someone's <laughs> ear it has to be like a nanosecond like someone's like what was that so like, the the more intimate the the connection is the shorter amount of time it needs to last and i think in general if you're asking about how much pda in a family setting imagine you're in front of your family <laughs> you know if your grandparents are there what would you do and I think it is a read the room thing, but like, don't bubble yourself off and forget that other people are present in general. I think that that's a good rule of thumb is you should be worried about your own experience, be worried about everyone else's experience for as much as you can control it. Like I said before, um, 
Oh, this is so Lisa. This next question is real good. We started to touch on it a little bit. Are you ready? It's from Lisa. If you're in a long queue and the cashier opens up a new till, are you allowed to leave your queue and go straight for the new open till? Happened to me recently, and the person in front of me told me that they had more of a right. I was right at the back of the line. Okay, so here's the thing. If a new till opens, technically, the person who has been waiting the longest gets to go to the opening. The opening. Um, I have been in places where it would be uh, difficult for the, the second person in line to get out of where their cashier stand is. And so they stay and then it's the next person who gets to move. Um, if you are at the back of a line and you've been and like they just opened up, I really think that you have to wait. You have to check and make sure that those people have decided to stay yeah. before you go. I, I usually give it to like the count of 10 in my head. And like if no one's making a move to go, I'll go. But what I don't want to do is like supermarket sweep my way over there and like bash someone's cart out of the way or whatever. It's exactly. Like, okay, exactly. well, no one's moving. This person's already half emptied their cart onto the, you know, onto the conveyor belt. Conveyor belt. And, I'm going to go. Yeah. It's, it, you need being at the back of the line going to the, the new open cashier is uh, it, it makes the people who waited longer feel like you are dismissing their experience. Um, so one last question here, and I wanted to include this because now I'll get to just really maybe vent a little bit. Uh-oh. Um, so this is from Zubair. How should you behave in a fast-forming line? For example, filing out during emergencies or rushing with an organized crowd into a certain room slash venue. Okay, thank you so much for asking. One, <laughs> as far as emergencies go, talk to the people you're with, especially if they're younger people with you, and say, if anything happens, we will meet blank. Right? So, like, for example, if you're going to a concert that you know is going to be loud and not well lit and, you know, say, like, okay, if we get separated, we will meet back at the car you know, now or what, or like going to a music festival, something sure. like that, right? But always have an emergency plan if you're traveling with a big group, especially with younger people that don't have phones or anything like that. Two, if this is happening, especially if it's an emergency, move with purpose, but don't rush. So move, keep moving forward, like find the people you know once you get outside, right? But it is important to move forward with purpose, not pushing. Not like trying to be the first one out or panicking or anything like that, but keep moving forward with purpose. Yeah. Quickly and quietly. Right. This is the thing that I, and I think that also holds true to like moving into a theater or anything like that. And, you know, if you want to sit with people, make sure that they stay with you, form a line and like a straight forward line instead of a sideways line. Yeah, single file line. Single file. Thank you. It's almost like there's a term for it. <laughs> um, and, and in general, like. Don't meander. Don't and like, don't don't push. Don't push. Don't push. Even in an emergency situation, when especially in an emergency yes, situation, yes, when tension is high, you pushing is only adding to the tension. It's not helping. And I will say, like, if you have the wherewithal, and maybe make sure to keep an eye on younger people or older people or people who might need help. You know what I mean? It's like, well, I'm good. I'm I can spare some thought to making sure those around me are good as well. 
Uh, like, I know I'm a pretty large person as far as I'm not really worried about being knocked down. So I might keep an eye out for people that might need an eye out. You know, that kind of thing. Um, but in general, it, 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 once once you are moving with a crowd that is moving, keep moving. Don't yes. don't stop moving. Uh, so I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, before we let you go, I have a couple of quick plugs. One, as I said at the beginning, the Adventure Zone graphic novel, Here There Be Gerblins, is out now. You can buy it at theadventurezonecomic.com or at most fine booksellers. Um, and I just want to say that I'm going to be at Gen Con this weekend, and Teresa will be walking around with me too for some of that. So if you're coming, you can go to mcroyshows.com slash tours and see the events that I'm going to be at. They are all ticketed events. So make sure you get those tickets beforehand or you won't be able to come. Um, also, in January coming up, uh, we are doing PodCon 2, the second PodCon. If you were at PodCon uh, the last time, I, I hope you agree with me that it was a wonderful and super fun event, and we're going to be there again. But we need your help um, because we need to raise money for it. So uh, I'm going to say bit.ly slash McElroy PodCon 2, and then you can find our Indiegogo campaign there, and you can donate uh, and help us fund PodCon so we can make it even bigger and better. We've already got a ton of really amazing guests lined up, which you can see at the Indiegogo campaign. Um, and we're really excited and, and we hope that you will join us. Uh, also go check out all the other amazing MaximumFun.org shows. There's a ton on there. You're going to love all of them. Or your money back. They're free. They're absolutely <laughs> free. So that's not much of a promise. Um, and thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for following us on Twitter at SchmannersCast. Thank you for telling your friends. Thank you for going on iTunes, rating, reviewing, and subscribing. What else, Teresa? Thank you to Brent, Brent of Lost Black, for our theme music. And that is available as a ringtone where those are sold. Thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. Thank you to Keely Weiss Photography for our cover, our Facebook banner for the Fan Run Facebook group that you can join by searching Schmanners Fanners and join lots of other uh, fans there who give each other very polite advice. And I think that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.